0: Preacher in the year of 01. Now the lesson is over
1: and the killer's begun. Hey, everybody, welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones, Ryan Parker, and we are doing our normal thing where we Couple theology nerds sit around and talk about television because
0: I couldn't think of anything more interesting to listen to. It's like Oreos and Milk, baby. <laughs>
1: theology of yeah. television. Yeah. Oh, so, so let's we're go doing, we're
0: episode two of the preacher. Well, I guess technically episode one. One. Isn't yeah, that funny that, that
1: that that I don't know. I think I'm a little bit like these these shows are getting a little overly creative <laughs> to kind of call like the, the pilot episode zero. Yep. When I go on the on the AMC app and I try to like uh figure out which episode I need to watch, I'm like, well, second episode. Well that's episode one. Yeah it's a little yeah. bit like Europeans call the ground floor floor zero, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: If you spend any time in in uh in Europe and then you come back, you're always a floor off.
1: Yeah. You're always a floor off. Hey, yeah. I want to. <laughs> I want to apologize to our listeners for my uh, scraggly voice here because I'm battling the flu. You've been oh, farting it too hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've had to lay off the moonshine. So as a result,
0: yeah. You and Cassidy. You've been hanging out with Cassidy. Yeah. So, so
1: um, yeah. This. This. Uh, let's talk about this episode. Second
0: episode. So listen, there's. You know, we we were saying earlier before we kind of started recording here is that. In terms of plot, you know, kind of moving the narrative forward, there's not a lot going on here, which is I'm not terribly troubled by. I mean, I still think we have a character-building, kind of world-building episode, as you pointed out, building out the relationships between the characters. So, you know, uh, contrary to the books, which I do kind of find interesting because, you know, the books you have all the time in the world, over however many issues it was, you know, to kind of build out the characters, but it really gets the action going, whereas the show here, it feels like because of the different direction it's taking from the start, it seems like, and of course we could be totally wrong next week, that you know we're really spending a lot of time in Anvil and watching Jesse try to grow his flock um, and the tension between being a quote-unquote man of God and then kind of living into that reality that people like... Tulip and Cassidy want him to, to live in. Yeah. um, Which I think uh, it's a credit to the creators. I mean, I think that's and if you're doing that right, it's a, it's a character drama, not a supernatural thriller, Western kind of thing, even though there are elements of that too.
1: Let's, let's start out with the opening, which is like, here's one thing that's interesting about this show thus far is they are, the creators are unafraid to leave, Plot points completely dangling. Like they will introduce something and then they will not circle back to it by the end of the episode. And
0: you like, know what I think that is. I think that's a tease for the people who've read the books.
1: I, I was wondering that too because it starts out with this 1881 Western um, cowboy goes off to get medicine for a dying girl. Yeah. Um, and, and you're going to uh, have a lot of viewers say, what's that all about?
0: Right. 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 And is it in the books? We know what the, we know who this is, right? At least I have a I have a guess of who this you have is. A
1: suspicion. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that's a risky thing for them to do on a TV show because that's not how people are used to watching TV shows. But I do think that they're they're writing this show for people who are pretty hardcore about watching it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they I think they know that if you're gonna watch this show, you're you're not kind of You're not kind of um, just dipping your toe in the shallow end of the pool, because if you're going to watch this show, and I mean, with the amount of blood and gore, and and the different um, the characters, and uh, Arseface and uh, stuff like that, you're going to have to be pretty invested in it. This is what I'm saying. This is not. This is the opposite kind of television as like Law and Order. You know Yeah, one where off you can, episodes. Yeah, where you can dip in for an episode. You don't even have to watch the whole episode. You can be like doing your taxes while you have the episode <laughs> on the background. Yeah. This is like you can't um, you can't really you, you can't tune out, you gotta be t- you gotta be totally locked in on all
0: it. in every episode. Yeah. So I don't want to say too much about I mean, obviously I mean we could say who we think this guy is in the opening, right? I mean, this is he's a pretty huge character in the yeah. books. The saint the saint of killers. Yeah. And which is a great title, by the way, great. Yeah, name. totally. And but what I'm more interested in is the conversation that he has around the campfire. And, and,
1: and, and let's just say the Saint of Killers is like the hired assassin of heaven. Like yes. when they when they need something really like when they need dirty deeds done dirt cheap done, yeah. they like they they unleash this guy, but yeah. they also know there's going to be like civilian casualties too yeah they have to like uh you know put it in the
0: collateral damage
1: yeah they have to like put it in the in the scales and be like well can we what what what's the you know acceptable level of civilian casualties i want a
0: show or a film just about this guy
1: yeah that'd be a good spinoff right it's the yeah yeah. Are
0: you listening to AMC? We got a spinoff idea. So I think your um, the conversation that he listens to because he doesn't really say anything but like one word um, at around that campfire is interesting to me because it puts I think if you're paying attention a broad faith uh, context to the more contemporary faith proceedings right in the show yeah. and it paints America and the United States as this in these kind of pilgrim settler theological mindset, which was like kind of uh, a city on a hill, right? That this land is God's gift to us. Yeah. And that there's a brighter future ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a sense of hopefulness and mission to, uh, to that, to that moment in time, which I think contrasts greatly with folks in Anvil uh, in the modern setting, where or the contemporary setting, where you have somebody like the sheriff, who's consistently looking backwards, right, and bemoaning that the future is darker, and that there seems to be no kind of prophetic vision, that rather they they want to take take Anvil back to some glory days, uh, that may or may not have ever existed in the first place, um, as we see at the end of that opening, where all the uh, Native Americans are hanging from the tree.
1: Yeah, I think um, there is a few different things about that about that opening scene that I thought was interesting. I think I, I thought, for instance, that um, those people were probably Mormon settlers. That's a good point too, because they say, "Isn't this you know, isn't this just utopia?" And they're in a freaking dust bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Ratwater
0: like, is the town. They're in
1: Ratwater, and there are like uh, yeah, all these Indians strung up from a tree. But they're saying we left, you know, all St. Louis is is noise and people and here we are out in well and what was what was Utah's original name? Desiree. Right? <laughs> like it was the it was utopia, it was paradise. And I think, you know, the question is um why the saint of killers is cross paths with these people and he he basically calls bullshit on their on on their leaders you know little sermon about how great it is what they're what they're going to go find and then we jump ahead uh, 150 years to anvil and it's like these people are living kind of in that same dust bowl central texas area And they're all kind of living, it's, it's no utopia, right? It's, it's, uh, it's the, it's far from it. Yeah. Um, another thing I want, I wanted to be a little bit picky. And, uh, since, you know, this is a podcast with two dudes with PhDs in theology to say a couple things that, that are interesting, like kind of discontinuities for me. One is there, the church, um, and I can't remember if this is from the comic book as well, but uh, the church is called All Saints Congregational. And um, there is no congregational church that would ever be called All Saints.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, that's not a thing congregationalists would ever call their church because the congregationalists are descended from the Puritans. And, you know, the Puritans were like hardcore anti Catholic people who yeah. rejected things like um,
0: the veneration of saints, the veneration
1: of, uh, of yeah. saints. Right. And then the second, so that was in the first episode that I thought we should talk about. I mean, I sure. I wanted to mention <laughs> through the whole series, but then this other thing about where they all get baptized, you know, and again, that's not something you would have happened in a congregational church is you wouldn't have a bunch of adults baptized in a, in a baptismal ceremony. That's much more of a Baptisty kind of thing. Yeah, but you Baptist. also, but look, I'm not, I'm not just quibbling because you also, um, congregationalist pastors wouldn't wear a clerical collar either. That's true. Um, and and Jesse does, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on
0: no creative license, right? I don't think any of those. I don't think any of that is is germane to the show. Uh, no problem. To not. the proceedings, but what I do feel is is universal in scope, and I think really comes to the surface in this uh, second episode is the tension that uh, Jesse feels as a preacher, and I also want to say as a pastor, right? Because there's a preacher, you know, you you kind of learn to see these distinctions really quickly if you grow up in church. Some people are great pa- preachers, other people are great pastors, right? And uh, Jesse might be a good preacher, uh-huh. but he's really struggling to be a good pastor.
1: Yeah, that's and, right.
0: And I have to admit that you know every time I've debated going into kind of professional religious life, I'm like, man, would I be a good? Would I be a good? Where would my strength be? Right? Uh, because to be a good pastor requires a lot of patience, and I think that you see that uh, in his interactions with Eugene, who is just, I mean, what a great actor. And it, the the tension between celebrating salvation and then not feeling saved enough, right? Which is a yeah. hallmark of any sort of kind of conservative Protestant um, religious experience. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
0: right. So I, I appreciated that inclusion in this episode, uh, his inability to counsel people who are grieving. Um, and then I think it would be interesting to get your feedback on this because there, there are two, I think, separate um, temptations for... Uh, Jesse, one of which is just starting to surface um, the, uh, last week. Uh, the first, obviously, we've talked about a lot, which is Tulip and Jesse, which is more of a kind of spiritual or kind of emotional pull, right, to a different type of life. Uh, and then you have somebody uh, in the, with the arrival of Quinn Cannon, right, Jackie Earl Haley, who I just think is great, which is the real threat to the church, which is kind of Capitalism, consumerism, um, and I don't sense that Jesse's drawn to that world, but it's certainly a threat to the work that he's doing in the community.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, back to your earlier point, I would say that I have, I have the same thing. I remember actually saying to people when I was in seminary, in and not far from where you sit today, and. You know, most people who were at Fuller Seminary in the early '90s were there to to get MDivs and be pastors. And I said, "Well, I'm planning to become a professor because I'm too much of an asshole to be a good pastor." Yes, right. Yeah, Yeah. because because I remembered, you know, the guy the guy who was a great pastor at my home church. The way that people talked about him was. Oh my gosh, Jeff has such a great heart. You know, even yeah. with that tone of voice, yeah. he just has such a great heart. And nobody ever said that about me. You know, people were like, "Yeah,
0: yeah. Nobody, nobody ever will either."
1: No, nor will they. He's really <laughs> uh, opinionated, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And so I think for Jesse, you know, I it's it's clear in this episode that now it's going to be his his who who is he really? And we talked about this last week because this is a trope in movies and it's it's even a trope in west in the western genre and that is somebody tries to hang up the 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 six shooter and the holsters that's true and you know and and play it straight and become a preacher or whatever or just become a farmhand and they always get dragged back in They pull me and back in. So in in the first in the pilot there was that bar fight which is another very much like a western trope kind of thing, but in this one it's more in, in this episode it's much more explicitly stated, um, you know like who are you really? And he asks that question of himself, and Tulip um, explicitly asks him that question too. Yeah, like who, who you know who I know who you really are. And you'll always be that person, and yeah. that person is a, a basically an assassin, a hired gun.
0: Right? And then that tension too—I mean, that conversation between Jesse and Cassidy in the church. You know, they're drinking. Yeah. Before Cassidy kind of knocks him out, you know, or inadvertently maybe. Right. But you know, they're talking about that kind of selfish, selfless versus selfish kind of existence.
1: Yeah, I think that I, I think that this budding um, buddy cop. Cassidy Jesse Custer trope that's developing is really clever and I like the interplay between the two of them but it'll be interesting to see if basically a hedonistic nihilistic vampire because that's Cassidy's role right he said no you know there's no point to be ethical like um it, it's a little bit of the um eat and drink for tomorrow we die um which is, is, is like his, his, you know, his way he looks at life, and Jesse's still looking for bigger meaning.
0: We've said this all along, and I hope that we can continue to say it throughout the series, is that it's perfectly cast. And I just, I love Cassidy. And I'm wondering if Cassidy's not offering a glimpse into a type of theology that we don't dare embrace, right? So Jesse tells Cassidy, like, his three goals, right? What is it to be... A good person, you know, it's work hard, help others, preach the gospel, very yeah. Protestant work ethic. But yeah. where where is that a worldview of enjoying the goodness of creation or the goodness of God? And uh, obviously, it's a stretch to to say that that's hedonistic, you know, or that hedonism is that. But there's something about Cassidy and his kind of carelessness, go anywhere, do anything approach that I don't know is all is intrinsically bad.
1: Yeah, and I think of course what we'll find is that Cassidy does really care care for things. Like I'm sure oh, he will yeah. like Well, he saved he you know, not he goes out on a bender and comes back that night and saves Jesse yeah. in, in a scene that Which is, you loved. Dude, I mean it is one of the most epic scenes because you've got the chainsaw. So you've got this like hearkening to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. You know, you've got these guys in Texas with a chainsaw. And, you know, again, here's another thing that I appreciate about the. You know from the comics that these guys are angels. Yeah. But you don't know that from the show. Yeah. And what um, are they
0: trying to get? I mean, what are they. What's that and machine? Cassidy, and what's thinks their,
1: Cassidy thinks they're after him, which but is of course, hilarious. we know that they're really after the word of God, which is inside of Jesse. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, do a cesarean section by. <laughs> by uh, chainsaw and i mean that is just one of the craziest scenes you know yeah um and uh so i you know jesse i mean uh uh, cassie does care because he he's gonna go you know he's gonna risk his own life to save jesse and why would he do that what like what's in it for him he he just wants to get out of the out of the Shithole Texas town that he's in
0: I think oh, I think the cassidy Jesse relationship in the books is one of the more uh intriguing and kind of like heartfelt relationships that that um uh in kind of pop culture and you know hopefully the show really captures that and builds on it because they're a great duo
1: yeah well let's talk um let's talk about this interesting subplot here before we go about the pedophile, because here's something else that's obviously a touchy issue in our culture, but then, and in our churches and in churches, even more. So it's even more poignant. So we've got a guy who's basically confessing to Jesse, his preacher, that he's, you know, has these feelings toward a girl who rides the school bus that he drives and he makes it clear to Jesse, like, you can't, you know, you can't tell anybody about this, right? Because the confessional is. Yeah,
0: which is a terrible scene. Right. I mean, and, in the tr- like not a so very well done to me, but that is just horrific.
1: And Jesse is, you know, Jesse is, yeah, he says, yeah, I can't, you know, I can't tell anybody. This is the confidentiality of the kind of patient client privilege a little yeah. bit with, with, in the confessional booth um, per se, but then something – some switch flips in Jesse's head, and he ends up going to this guy's house, and he tries to scare it out of him. But then he does what he's only done very infrequently so far, and he summons that word of God, which – The voice of God. The voice of God, yeah, from inside of himself. Or Jesus, and, yeah. And then and, – and yeah, right. And then this – then as he's walking out, this guy says, What yells, What did you do to my brain? Yeah. Which I thought was an f- interesting, fascinating way to play it out. Because you know, he says, What girl, what are you talking about? And he said, You're never gonna think about her again, right? What do you I don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. And then as he's walking out, that you hear the guy yell from the bathroom, What did you do to my brain? Yeah. And he's
0: only put that, he's only, you know, unlike you or I, if we had that ability, he's only put it to the use and service of others, right? Yeah. So, which we know, uh, or at least hope, right, that later in the series that there's going to be some more kind of exciting uses of that. But he does it kind of pastorally, right? He, he Just think about what he could have done to that guy. Yeah. Like, as graphic as the two opening scenes we had, like with Tulip and cassidy in the first episode that gave the creators real i mean they use real restraint um in that exchange between jesse and this guy and then he goes and he helps this girl which is a very biblical scene right where she's sick yeah and we don't know what he's going to say to her but it certainly recalls a couple of scenes in scripture right of jesus with the sick girl uh you know and or the sleeping girl. Yeah,
1: well, and it's and and back to the back to the opening scene, right? Where it's the same thing where it's a sick, dying girl and the mom says, Go get this medicine, she has three days at that's most. A,
0: that's a great point. Yeah.
1: And you think there's this, you know, there there's a scene in the gospels where Jesus says, I, the I think it's Luke, even leaves it in the Aramaic, Talitha Sum, which means, you know, little girl arise. Yeah. And this um, this girl comes back to life from death. And in this case, neither does yet. Again, it's like, yeah, it's almost like there are two cliffhangers. Yeah. You know, cool. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I did, I will, I must say, I looked ahead to the preview of the next week and it shows that girl with the big dent in her head uh, sitting up Yeah. Um. in, in her chair. So, Something happens. I mean, that's obviously they're going to come back to that, and it'll be interesting to see if we get back to 1881 as well.
0: That's what I was just going to say. I I hope we do. Um, You got to think they will, right?
1: Yeah, I would think at some point. At some point, they're going to have to, and we're going to, yeah. So I think what we'll be watching for is, I mean, I'll be watching for sure. These these big themes of like Jesse's true identity and stuff like that. Um, But I'm interested in. You know, from our perspective on these little side themes of, like, for instance, baptism, you know, um, that Jesse does these baptisms, that's yeah. one of the new things that he does, and that Tulip comes forward to be baptized, even though he says you shouldn't. And it becomes this kind of erotic scene where she whispers in his ear right after she comes Oh, out. yeah. Yeah. Um and then they go inside and there's a little comic relief after that with the they got their little mini cappuccino machine.
0: Yeah. And there's know, and then the ways that the they're, they're doing the uh they're outside of the local store trying to do uh comic yes. cards like how can we make the church better.
1: <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of how everybody's doing ashes on the street now on Ash Wednesday. They're putting on all their, you know, clerical garb. And going out and giving ashes to people in the in the streets on Ash Wednesday these days—it's great because of course nobody comes to church anymore, so yeah. you have to take it to them. You, you got to take isn't? it to the streets. So, and everyone's just blowing them off. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to uh, to talk to them as they're at the grocery store. Yeah. So it's yeah, I love those little funny comic relief. Subplots. I do hope that at some point we get to see inside that mega church on the other side of town that has oh the coffee bar. Yeah. Would that be great? An epic I mean, what they, an epic cosmic asked, fight in the mega church. What if they asked Jesse to guest preach? You know, like a pulp, <laughs> they did a pulpit exchange and or, they had Jesse come and preach and have the mega church pastor go over to All Saints Congregational and and preach. On have we Sunday.
0: seen have we seen the pastor of that mega church yet? I don't think we have no okay, no. Okay. okay. Yeah. That could be a potentially rich character, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well,
1: yeah, we'll be. That I'll be a- out. I'll be out the next couple of weeks, but We're gonna I try think get you're some gonna guests on here. Yeah, we'll, just, yeah.
0: we'll keep this ship going. Excellent. All right.
1: Thanks, everybody, we'll for listening. You. Thanks, everybody. What do you want, kid? It's about my dad. I want you to hurt him.
0: You know it's a sin just to ask me that.
1: I know. People said before you were a preacher, you did things. i hurt you want him. How far do I go? Problem is, your daddy's a big fella. He's gonna fight back. Things will escalate. That's what these things do. They escalate. And violence makes violence. Makes nothing much at all. Preacher! enough. Almost done, Sheriff.
0: (laughs) Is that what you want, kid?
1: of a preacher are (laughs) you?